Good morning, church family. It's good to see you guys. I was getting a little worried that you all were in an accident or something on the freeway because no one was here. And now look at you all here. Just a couple people are missing today, and uh, Naira is going to be playing with goats. Something like that. That sounds, I don't know. I mean, if you're trying to get the goats to convert to sheep, you know, that's, yeah, there you go. There you goat. <laughs> Goat's forehead. <laughs> this is getting weird. Weirder by the minute. That's what happens when you're on a microphone. You can talk really creepy. Anyway, good morning, you guys. Are you ready for some worship this morning? We are going to celebrate communion today, so we will have the Lord's Supper up front here, and we'll do a little little scripture reading before we start worship off and just kind of reflect on what we're going to do with communion in our worship time. And close to the end of our worship, I'll pop up and give you guys the, the green light to go for it and grab your stuff. And I think what would be really awesome today is just to Spend some time when you hold your communion and just what I really feel for myself at least and what I'd like to encourage everyone in today would be just to press into the Lord with that heart cry for intimacy. Just let it be you and Jesus this morning. Just let him know how much he means to you as we sing the songs, as we make the declarations and worship as we tell him and sing to him who the scripture tells us he is and who he is to us, just take that communion time and let it be an intimate moment between you and Jesus and just take it whenever you, you feel like you're here, there with him and, and you're just letting him know, I love you and I, I, wanna, I want more of you. I want to take you in deeper into my heart and into my life that you would come and invade every part. You know, that's really what we're all about, right, as Christians. We've all come to know Jesus at some juncture in our lives. We, we heard the good news. We realized our life was a mess. We were at the bottom of the pit of our life, and, and Jesus reached his hand down, and he said, I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to take you out of your pit, and I'm going to take you up out of it, and I'm going to set your feet on a rock. So this morning, that's, that's what we get to remember, what he's done for each one of us. And you know, the journey is a journey of constant need for breakthroughs. You know, Jesus never promised us that once you get saved, once you ask him into your life, that it's going to be perfect. Life will be perfect and the devil will never mess with you. No, that's not true. You know, there's all kinds of junk that comes our way. But the, the awesome thing is we have hope. We have hope in the middle of our trials. We have hope beyond hope that takes us through the valleys, through the valley of the shadow of death, because he's walking with us through every trial, every challenge, every obstacle. He's offering to reach his hand down, and, and he says, my son, my daughter, I'm here with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, and I want to walk you through this. So anyway, that was a pre-sermon sermon, pre-something like that. That one was for free. <laughs> I guess they're all for free, so awesome. Why don't we uh, read some scripture? You guys don't need to stand for this. So it is Colossians 1, 3 through 22. 
which if it was the NIV or the ESV, it would be pretty quick to read through it, but it's the Passion Translation. I will do my best not to preach through this, but I will want to pause on a few things. I just felt like the Lord highlighted this passage. It's one of my favorite chapters, mainly regarding the deity of Jesus. John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1. All of those, those four books, the first chapter clarifies who Jesus Christ is. So if you have a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon who wants to tell you that Jesus is not God, that he is not who he said he was, then you just go back to those chapters and it tells you. So here we go. Colossians chapter 1. You guys good? All right. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers. Pause for a second. We have a call on our lives to make prayers and intercessions. First of all, and the list goes on, you know, you got your, your government, your, your rulers and leaders so that we might live peaceful in the land. We have the requirement or the request, I should say, from the word of God to pray for one another. And Paul, again, is affirming that here. So let's move on. I'm sorry. I said I wouldn't preach on every line here. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives. Just ponder that. God's pleasure over our lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Let's go for it. Yeah, there we go. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life, and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray, and I pray this now, that even as we're just sitting here under the word, we pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory filling you with great hope. Your hearts can soar with gratitude, joyful gratitude, and that's what we're about to do in worship. Our hearts are gonna soar with joyful gratitude. When you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light, he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It was all created through him and for his purpose. Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. Everything that we see and know was made by him. He existed before anything was made. He is uncreated. He is God. He existed before anything was made. And now everything finds completion in him. 
and he is the head of his body, which is the church. Jesus Christ is the head of your life. He is your head. He is your covering. He is the master and Lord over your life and over the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. I love the NIV. It says the preeminence. He has the preeminence in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Why don't you guys stand up? We're going to finish reading this. I just want to repeat that. Restored back to original intent. God has restored you through the blood of Jesus. You have been restored. You might be in you might be walking in what seems like an unrestored season, like in need of restoration, but God sees the end from the beginning, and he says, you are restored. You are being restored. He is restoring you because he has made it possible through the blood of Jesus. The blood of the cross is restoration. It is reconciliation. It is redemption. Every, not every, even though... You were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you. Just put your hand on your heart and just say, I receive the shalom of heaven. I receive the shalom of heaven. I, I receive your supernatural peace. Jesus Christ, you are the Prince of Peace. Come and release your presence in my heart. Speak to the raging sea inside of each one of us and speak peace, be still to the waves. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. The last part. Or was that it? Okay, here we go. And now, here we go. So now we're ready to get into some worship here. And now there is nothing between you and the Father God. There is nothing between you and Father God right now. The blood of Jesus has taken every obstacle out of the way. He has spoken peace to your heart. He has spoken reconciliation to you. He is speaking to you now saying, son and daughter, I have made provision for you to have access to me 24-7 by my spirit and by the blood of Jesus. So come boldly into my presence. Come boldly into my throne room as my sons and daughters. Peasants cannot come boldly into a throne room. Servants do not get to rush into the throne room of the king because the soldiers will come and execute them on spot. But sons and daughters are welcomed in to the courts of the king. We are welcomed in. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace with confidence and receive. Receive. There is nothing between you and Father God for he sees you as holy flawless and restored if indeed you continue to advance in faith this is the key guys everything in this world system is positioned against your faith the enemy wants to 
undermine your faith with lies. He wants to come in with his tools, his instruments, to try to get underneath your faith and to pry it off your life so that you walk in doubt and fear and unbelief. Faith is the key. Faith is what pulls from the unseen, unseen realm into the seen realm. Faith is what sees in the heavenly place like a mirror reflecting it back into earth. Your faith pulls on heaven and brings heaven into your season, into your situation. If indeed you continue to advance, there's forward momentum in this, advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon. Grace is our firm foundation. The word of God says to grow in the grace of the Lord. He has provided grace that is sufficient for you in every season. He has provided grace for you and me right now to come into his presence, to be reignited by his spirit, to have hope released inside of your heart through the declaration of your mouth and your heart agreeing with heaven. So we're going to have an opportunity now to do that. As we get ready to worship, we're going to allow things to shift inside of us. It starts with us. It starts with me. It starts with you. As we engage in the one who first called us to himself, however many years ago, as we engage with the one who we've come here to meet with, he wants to shift things back into kingdom order this morning. So why don't we just do this? Let's just lift our hands. Let's just begin to worship him. Jesus, we worship you. We offer our bodies to you as living sacrifices, made holy and made acceptable through your perfect, precious blood poured out on the cross. We offer our parts to you this morning. We offer every part of who we are as instruments of righteousness. We have been set apart and made holy by your blood, and you have called us your very own. You have called us yours. We belong to you. And this morning, we come to just worship you, to delight ourselves in your presence, to give thanks and praise because of how wonderful you are, and to give thanks and praise for the things you're going to do. We take our eyes off of our circumstances this morning, and we fix our eyes on the victory because Jesus you are our victorious king. You are the victor. You wear the victor's crown. You are king of kings and lord of lords. You have put Satan under our feet. You have crushed the head of the enemy. And you are the one who says we are seated with you right now in heavenly places. So we lock eyes on you, King Jesus. We lock our attention on you. And we say we love you. And we've come to pour out praise at your feet in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you that you're the great restorer and that you're causing us to sing again, you're causing us to dance again, that shame isn't attached to us any longer, but you are the great restorer, the great builder. We put our faith and our hope in you and we believe that you're continually at work. Put hearts and minds that into peace and at ease, knowing that the end game is in sight. We thank you, Jesus.
Just a little bit of a segue here. Um, January uh, was the first time this year that um, I was admitted to the hospital for some respiratory issues. Um, and here in July, now it's been seven months since then, it's been a hard journey. But the song that we just finished a little bit ago, Where You Go, I Go, has literally been what's happened. As the mechanisms that I've shaped in my life through work and through things I thought I excelled in, as those have gone away, my faith remains in, in Jesus as only it can. Things are good. Things are still looking up. I have a beautiful family who's been supportive and countless people who have prayed through it all. So I'm very grateful for that. But it's been one dismantling project after another. And I say that with a lot of humility because it hasn't been easy. It's not like I just, you know, like during a song you can be like, I surrender, and then like midweek it's like, oh, this doesn't feel very good. This really sucks, actually. <laughs> um, but the good news is we're still standing here. And so that's my testimony. Um, last Saturday, um, thankfully to my wife, who is uh, very um, observant, uh, we went into the ER um, because I was having uh, another uh, fever attack. Um, and my heart rate was... Uh, accelerating and not getting under control. And so we went to the ER. That's the short version of it, anyway. Um, and in the ER, they started to treat me for sepsis, um, which is like almost seven months ago, exactly what they were doing uh, with the heart rate and the fever um, and the shortness of breath. Um, this one just happened to be in response to a surgery that we did. Um, so anyway, so Saturday afternoon, we got on control of the fever and the heart rate went down. Um, but I, the praise report, the, the testimony that I have is probably from the last week in April up until the hospital, really. Um, I had been having, for lack of a better term, like morning illness, um, which would be accompanied by a fever, sometimes uh, reaching like 101, um, where it would probably last between an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and this is constant almost every morning, but it would dissipate. So I'd take some Tylenol and just kind of take it easy and then it would dissipate and I'd be able to go through the afternoon and 
things would be fine. All my doctors were like, okay, well, as long as it's dissipating, then you're managing it. But so the praise report is that since the hospital, I have yet to have one of those fever or morning illnesses. So um, I don't stand in front of you saying, like, <laughs> everything's awesome because <laughs> we have a long ways to go. But there are definite signs that we're training the right way. And um, we have a big month of June ahead, excuse me, July ahead, that I'm really excited about and I'm trusting God for um, some big things, some big breakthroughs. Um, and hopefully this is the start. <laughs> so I want to open up the floor to anybody else who has a testimony. Um, Marissa, if you have anything you'd like to share from worship for the past week, um, now's the time. Um, one of the things that I gathered from worship this morning was, um, and I was just chatting about this with a lady um, yesterday, um, and uh, we recently found out that both of us are believers, and so we were really excited. We were like, oh, goody, another one. Um, <laughs> in a, um, where I take my horses to ride, and so it's very unusual to run into somebody who is also very open about their faith. And we were talking about things, and she's like, yeah, a lot of people get hung up on, you know, asking God, why is this happening to me? And Because um, she's been through, them, through some things as well, and um, I was just sitting back there, and I was reminded of what pregnancy is like. Starts out very small, you barely notice it. Everything seems fine. There's just, you know, morning sickness or evening sickness, whenever it happens to, you know, come upon you. And then eventually it gets bigger and it's more noticeable. It's more uncomfortable. It's hard to sleep. It's hard to eat. You get bigger and you get bigger. And then you're like, okay, I'm so ready for this to be done. I am so uncomfortable. You know what's on the other side of it is very good. However, the bigger it gets, the more uncomfortable it is and the more you're ready for it to all be over. But in order for that to happen, then you have labor, which is also the most painful part of when you're coming to the other side of whatever is inside of you. And sometimes labor is very short and it's quick and it's over and you barely feel anything and sometimes it's long and drawn out. And it takes what seems like an eternity. But then you have this on the other side of it. And what he, I guess what he was saying to me is um, those are the steps that just have to happen in order for you to, you know, in order for the child to end up on the other side, you have to go through the pregnancy. There's no skipping that part. And that's what he was kind of relaying to me is in every situation, there's a, pre there's a pregnancy of it. It starts and it, it, and it grows. And unfortunately, 
there's the labor pains of getting to the other side of that. And I felt like that's what he was speaking to me about was things were almost to the other side of it. And with the pressure that you're feeling is that pressure of birth and labor. And eventually this is all going to be all over and that this is just the season where you're at right now. Sorry, that was Thank really long-winded. <laughs> okay. I think I shared last week that um, I was going to go see a specialist because I thought I'd blown my meniscus, or however you say that. And um, uh, about four days after that initial However it started, I have no idea. Didn't see that one coming. Anyway, um, I, I was walking with a cane and all of that to get the pressure off. And, and little by little, it was just feeling better. And I didn't use a cane for the last four days prior to seeing the specialist. So I just laid ha my hands on my knee. And I said, Lord, I just declare that when I go in to see the specialist, it's going to be the jokes on them that they're going to do an x-ray or an MRI or something, something, and look at it and go, why are you here? Because the great physician's already taking care of business. So that was, my, that was my declaration. So I got up Friday morning, and my appointment was at 10.30. And as I was getting dressed, I backed up, taking my pajama bottoms off, I backed up and hit my shoe that had fallen out of my little shoe rack thing. And of course, I did it with my left leg and I could feel that kind of a, a tear inside again and I went, oh, devil. I went to the doctor's appointment and um, they took x-rays and then I went in to see this doctor, which by the way, how did they all get so young? <laughs> I just, you know, it's just like, ah. Anyway, he's reading over my history, and he's asking me questions, and then he said, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> and I'm having a good time thinking, this, this little tear is going to be gone real quick here, too. He, he showed me my x-rays, and he said, look at this. He said, your doctor wrote this piece about she's blown the meniscus, she's got arthritis, she's got the... the which I'd never ever heard in my life. He said, I just want to tell you, he said, looking at your x-ray, he said, you have beautiful legs. <laughs> now, now, I just want to know the last time anyone of you had your doctor tell you that your bones are gorgeous. He said, you have no tears, you have no, no arthritis. He, I mean, they were just, he said, they're all in the right position. There's no bursitis. There's no any anything. He said, how old are you? And I, you know me, I said, <clears throat> I am 72 years young. And he said, and so are your legs. He said, lady, I don't know what to tell you. He said, we're not wasting money on an MRI. There ain't nothing there. He said, I'm not going to shoot any medicine, meaning the cortisone, into your leg. He said, you don't need it. And I did this. Oh, it, 
oh, it's gone. Thank you, Jesus. It's gone because it was hurting a minute ago back there. I just kind of was doing this, and he said, yep, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And then he looked at me, and he said, you wrote on your thing that you had RSD. That stands for reflex sympathetic dystrophy. Now, when I first got diagnosed with that years ago, all I remembered was dystrophy because that's a paralytic. And, um, and it was my whole left side right here from a, um, my wrist didn't heal right. And so it, it was shutting off nerve endings. So this arm was dead. I couldn't move it. I couldn't swing it. And my fingers were as big as Jimmy Dean's sausages. And they were blue and they were green. It scared little kids at church. It was awful. And I had to move my hand, and I put it on the outside of my car driving home when I taught at the college in Centralia, and it would slip off the ledge and fall on the outside of the car, and I'm trying to drive, and oh, I mean, it was hilarious. He said, How, he's, there's, there's no surgery for it. There's no cure for it. And he said, how can I do that? I said, you mean like that? You know, he said, how was that? So I got to witness to him about the healing, not getting better, the healing of that. And he just looked at me and he said, like this, and he just said, okay, so just throw away your cane. And he said, and if you ever have to come back in and see me because this is, this is blown out again, he said, just tell me it's an emergency. And I said, oh, not a problem except... I just want to say thank you for being here today, the day after the 4th of July. I said, because I'm not coming back. I didn't get better. I got healed. And I explained the difference to him, and he just kind of looked at me, and he... I mean, what do, you, what do you say? How do you refute that gorgeous leg that is broad, black and white picture in front of you? I just wished I could have taken a picture of his face, because... Because on one hand, he's so thrilled that I'm not blown here and having to go for surgery. And on the other hand, he's trying to maintain his intellectual cool. Because how's he going to admit to some 72-year-old youngster how all this is happening? So I just say, hey, Jesus. And he's the same Jesus for you as he is for me. He doesn't love me more. I'm not cuter. Well, maybe some days. I don't know. You know, you're his favorite, and I'm his favorite, and heaven pulled down to earth. Heaven is a lot bigger than earth. So there's lots of pull for you to bring down, and there's my share of heaven to pull down and your share. So just have childlike faith. That's all. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost. Um, <laughs> I woke up this morning and I looked at the calendar and I went, 7-7. Seven, seven. Revelation time. 7 is closure. 8 is new beginnings. Brand new season. Midnight tonight. Woo, don't miss it.
So, I, so just during worship, uh, what the Lord was just kind of um, just bringing to my remembrance is how um, when I was younger, I thought, um, I was like, you know, if I just had, you know, a nice house or a nice car or, or if our relationship was better, then everything would be, you know, the world would be perfect. And um, anyway, so it's like you find that you do get to those places. It's like, wow, you know, things are improving. And, um, you know, you get your nicer car, you get your nicer stuff. And you get to enjoy it for a minute. And it's like, wow, sweet, I got it, I'm holding it. And then um, it's like, well, now I want something more. I want something bigger, I want something better. And um, so sometimes it's not just stuff, sometimes it's uh, relationships. You know, if my relationship with my parents or uh, a friend or something were better, then, uh, you know, then I would be, I'd be satisfied. This would be good. You know, and then you, you get there and you're like, well, this is great. I'm glad things are better, but how come there's still this gap? And um, this, and just this is over the years, the Lord has just shown me that, He's like, I'm everything you need. You know, I am your better house. I am your better transportation. I am your better relationship. And just um, coming into that place of peace and, and trusting in, in just him, it just makes everything else better, regardless of your home, regardless of your vehicle, regardless of, you know, your shape. <laughs> You know, everything is just better because your relationship is based in him. So it was just kind of a, it was, for me this morning, it was just a remembrance of um, just stay in that place of peace. So that's it. Unless it has to do with motorcycles. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's always a better motorcycle. There's always a better motorcycle. <laughs> And more motorcycles. Well, this is kind of a testimony, I guess. Um, I was riding my motorcycle back from California, and I had pulled into this rest stop, and here's these people with signs set up, you know, younger couple, older couple. Well, I say older, but they're probably as old as us. Anyway, I look over, and it says, Jehovah's Witness of something, and I'm like, Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm like, oh Lord. He says, just, he goes, show them grace. And I'm like, okay, I will show them grace. Because I'm noticing everybody's acting like they're pariahs, you know, they're walking around them and down the thing. And so I get off my bike, I pull off my gear, and I walk up the sidewalk and I said, hey, how's it going, guys? And, you know, they smiled and greeted me. They were real nice, you know. And, I turn my head and I see one of their signs that says, when will, when will there be peace? And I'm like, oh, Lord, I need to tell them what's in your word. And the Lord tells me, he goes, he says, don't go over there if you're just going to argue with them. Just pray for them. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I pray for them. 
And the Lord shows me that prayer is more than just talking to God. Prayer is powerful. It changes darkness to light. It changes people's path from death to life. So when you think about somebody, I think about Josh every once in a while, and every time I think about Josh, I think, Lord, I see Josh healed. I know you're doing a work in his life. Thank you, Lord, for that. When I think of you guys, I pray for you guys for wisdom, for prosperity. I think of you guys. I pray for healing for you, complete, top to bottom. So when you think about somebody, I think what it is, the Lord puts people on your mind. So when, they, when the Lord puts somebody on your mind, pray for them. And know that prayer isn't just words coming out of your mouth. It is powerful. It pulls down strongholds. It is, it is a weapon. You are releasing. It is a weapon that the Lord has given us to change things. So I don't know what's going on with the Je uh, Jehovah's Witness, but by faith, I see them coming into the full knowledge of God. Yes. 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 So I guess that is my testimony. Yes. Come on up. <laughs> I'll be quick. Um, you guys and um, my husband, they, I've had some jaw problems for about a month. I mean, I've had them for like 20 years, but they really hit a crescendo a month ago. Um, and my jaw's locked to where I can still talk plenty. So somewhere up in heaven, my dad's laughing. But uh, he always joked about them wiring my jaw shut so it would fix it. Uh, I'm an only child and I talk a lot. So anyway, <clears throat> it's coming about full circle with Savvy. <laughs> She's not listening. It's okay. Anyway, um, I've been in, I've been very inhibited during worship and like, I can't open my mouth all the way to even sing. Um, it hurts to eat, obviously not affecting me. I'm still eating, but, um, it hurts to eat. It hurts to yawn. It hurts to chew like, or talk or sing, you know, or if you laugh really loud, somebody catches you off guard in my mouth opens really wide and I'm like, oh God. Today, I was able to worship without pain. So, I mean, that, the first time in a month, and that's been a long month. So I just, like the prayers, I'm fighting for my healing um, daily. The head, or the jaw has caused a lot of migraines and caused a lot of, it, it triggers a lot of different other pain in my ear and my head, but I'm fighting. And today I just thought it's worth the testimony that today I got to worship pain-free and it wasn't a distraction because pain is, as you all know, such a distraction. So I got to worship my Jesus today without being distracted. So that is my testimony, still fighting for the complete healing. So I'm believing for it, but I just wanted to share improvement. So. I'm grateful. This is going to be a short, short time. I promise. Really. We will take it. 
We will take it. We will take it. We will take it, take it, take it, take it. We will keep taking what he's paid for. Okay. I don't care if it is gradual, one quarter of a percent every week. Healing comes from him. Healing does not come from the devil. Ringtones do, though. (laughs) If it ain't Jesus, tell him you'll call him back. (laughs) I think we just need to celebrate every measure of healing that that we are hearing about. We just give thanks for it. Let's just take a moment. Let's just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for paying for healing on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for, for on the cross, you, you bore our sickness, our sin, our shame, our brokenness. You bore it all. And you made it possible for us to experience in this earthly realm a release of heaven's goodness. So we thank you for it. We thank you that you paid for it and we get a walk in it. And we just give you glory. We want to give you glory, Lamb of God. We want to give you glory. We want to give you the, we want to see you get the full reward of your suffering, Jesus. The full reward. And we just say, let it increase. Let it increase more. More healing, more salvations, more freedom from the enemy. Well, I want to see demonic strongholds just broken over people's lives. I want to see the reconciliation power of heaven released here in our lives and in relationships. I want to see it all. Jesus paid for it. We want to see it. So thank you, Jesus. Pop that little blue and white uh, slide that's on there. It's in there somewhere. You'll see it. Just scroll. There it is. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. You know, that's why we're here. He left us here. He would have just raptured us out right away. They would have, you know, accept Jesus in your heart, go into the baptism pool, and then stay down there until you see Jesus. That's not the plan. The plan was that you would bury the old man, but you would come up a resurrected person because that is actually who you are as a believer. You are a new creation in Christ. The, the old is gone and buried, dead and buried, crucified with Christ. No, I no longer live, but now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, who died for me, who brought me out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So you and I are sons and daughters resurrected from the dead. We are alive. We were once dead and behold, we are now alive just like Jesus. Because if your life is in Christ and he is not dead, he is resurrected, you and I are in him and our lives are resurrected in him. Just a couple things. This is probably all I'll talk about a little bit here during worship and the songs and just the whole feeling of what the presence of God was was doing and releasing. This whole thing of dual citizenship. You know, uh, maybe kids can relate when you're playing a, a game. Maybe some of those games where you're looking down at a map and you see the person walking. There's a circle around them. You know, they have like a an arrow maybe pointing around. You guys ever seen anything like that? Or you look at the mall map and it says you are here. Well, basically everywhere you go, you have, I don't know if it's a circle, I don't know what it is, but you have, you are in Christ. So greater is he who is inside of you than he is in the world. The spirit of God that is in you is not a tiny little, little speck of Holy Ghost. He's big. He actually is enveloping you. You are in him. 
He lives inside of you, but you also are in Christ. That means a lot of different things. There's a lot of potential in that revelation. That means if you're sick and you come close to me, well, you might very well get healed. You know, Peter's shadow, as he walked by people, his, his shadow healed people. The sweat rags off of Paul's sweaty head from making tents in the heat. They took those sweat rags and put them on sick people and they got healed. You exude the presence of God, the healing presence of God. You are a vessel of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. You carry that royal, powerful, healing, freedom, anointing oil. You are like a, a pot of oil. Mrs. Potts, <laughs> you're like a teapot. No, you're, that was a joke from earlier. But you can pretend you're a teapot and then people can tip you over and pour you out onto someone and then you can just pour it all over someone. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. So you are here on the map. There is a circle or whatever. I don't want to make it sound weird and like, why a circle? He's talking about stepping into circles and stuff. This is not witchcraft. This is a, a circumference of the Holy Spirit's protection, including angelic reinforcements. So if those demon boogers, if they want to try to come fly at you and throw fiery darts and try to get one in, you know, your angels are at work. Your faith is at work like a shield. You are in Christ. You're surrounded by him. So you're automatically the object of God's favor because he loves Jesus. He loves Jesus and he loves you too. Anyway, dual citizenship. We are seated in Christ right now. You are in him. You're here on this planet and at the same moment right now, we are in Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realm. If we could get our minds wrapped around multi-dimensions and what all of the different dimensions look like, I mean, it takes a rocket scientist to actually try to explain that stuff, so don't even think I'm going to try. But it's pretty wild when you start to learn and think beyond 3D, 4D. If Jesus could walk into a room and he was not a ghost, he said, does a ghost have flesh and blood? Touch my hands, stick your hand in my side, watch me eat some food. Does a ghost eat food? Does a ghost have skin and blood and walk around? He was very much resurrected human flesh. He walked into, <clears throat> excuse me, he walked into a room right through the wall. We're talking other dimensions that we don't realize. So it maybe isn't so complicated to wrap your mind around the idea that I'm right here, but I'm actually at the same moment. Right now, I'm seated in the throne room. Jesus is right here next to me. I'm just going to lean against him. I'm going to press into him. Oh, it's just <laughs> He's here, but he's with us. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, he said, there I am with you. Well, you take him everywhere you go. And if we could just open our spirit eyes right now and see him, we would be trembling. You know, but, you know, this natural realm that we see with our natural physical eyes does pretty much dominate. But he's teaching us. He's teaching us how to see. He's teaching us how to think from that place towards here. 
you know, I started out by saying something about faith, <clears throat> faith being like a mirror. And there's actually a slide that I had that <clears throat> references this. Let me see if I can find it on the notes here. I might have deleted it. Yeah, I think I got rid of it. That's okay. There's just something about that truth of being seated in the heavenly realm, having access to the realm of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom realm that we can't see with our physical, natural eyes. There's something about becoming more and more aware of that sphere, of that realm, of that place that we actually have 24-7 access to. So you're seated in Christ in heavenly places. Jesus is your head. He is the head of the church. He is the head over the body. That means a lot of things. That means he is the, the leader. He's the ruler. He's the king. It also means that you being grafted into him who is the head, if he is your head, that means you have the mind of Christ. I know that's kind of a weird picture. Don't get too strange in your you know, imagination what that would look like. But the Bible tells us that you have the mind of Christ because the spirit of God lives inside of you and the spirit of God searches all things inside of God. No one inside of a human knows the thoughts of a human except for the spirit of that person. No one can read your mind unless they're using sorcery. You know, no one can read your mind except for your spirit man inside of you. Only you know your deepest thoughts and God, of course. Nobody knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. And you and I have received the Spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit. And he is revealing to us the thoughts and the, the thinking, the, the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. It's in Ephesians, or not, excuse me, not Ephesians, it's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, or 2 Corinthians 2. It's one of the Corinthians, and I think it's in chapter 2, but... Anyway, meditate on it, check it out. So you have the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit who now floods your body. <clears throat> you don't just have a little tiny sand, a grain of sand of Holy Spirit. You are actually being flooded by the Holy Spirit. He, his desire is to flood your body with light and life. He wants to fill you to overflow. He wants to show you and me that everywhere we go, we have rivers, not just a little sprinkle stream. We have streams. We have rivers of living water flowing from out from within us. Streams of healing, streams of grace, streams of life and encouragement, streams of calling out and seeing the gold in people, streams of love and joy you and I are like multifaceted dispensers of kingdom goodness let your imagination go wild with the possibilities because I think it's, it's God it's, it's who he is it's who you are it's how he designed you he wired you to have this ability to have a relationship with him to where he would come and he would inhabit your body we are not a visitation people. We are a habitation people. 
He has come to dwell inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. He has come to take residence inside of you, to take up residence. He has come to sit on the throne of your heart and to steer the vehicle. He wants to direct your footsteps with his word. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal the thoughts of Father God. He wants to reveal the thoughts of Jesus, the thoughts of Holy Spirit. And hope, we sang about it. I think we sang about it. Oh, yeah, 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 with that song that Leah was singing about. I'm holding on to hope. I'm holding on to grace. Fully letting go. I'm surrendered to your your ways. An anchor for my soul. Father, you will never change. I love you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews and I can't remember what chapter, I think it might be chapter 12, but it says that, or 10, it says that we have this hope for the soul. There is hope that God, God is the God of hope, and if the God of hope lives in you, he wants to infuse you with hope, and hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is, as Steve Backlund says, and someone else probably came up with it before him, hope is an overall optimistic outlook on the future based on the goodness of God. And our hope, as, we, as our hope rises and our hope levels increase and become, like he says, or Francis Frangipan, glistening hope, if every area of our life begins to glisten with hope, our hope, it's like an anchor and it goes beyond the veil into the throne room of heaven, into the holy of holies where Christ is seated. Now, you're already there now. You're already seated there. But as hope rises, that perspective and that grace and that flow of power and life and authority from the throne room increases. As your hope rises, the the power of the throne room of God, the power of the spirit, the life of the kingdom of God will increase and flood and invade you. And we are not just vessels with no no way out for it to go. We are like teapots or whatever. We've got holes in us. We have, we have spouts. We can pour the goodness of God out. We were not meant to be a reservoir that just stays like, a, like the Dead Sea and just nothing going out, just constant going in. Freely you receive it. Freely you get to give it away. God wants to, to allow you and I to co-labor with him, just like when Jesus would spend time with the Father and be intimate with the Father, and he, as we sang it, he would only do what he saw the Father doing. He would only say what he, what he heard the Father saying. And if that is how Jesus walked through life, that is how we get to walk through life. We get to press in and we get to hear his voice and we get to know who he's highlighting, how to pray for them. God wants to keep everything fresh. And exciting. He is not a boring God, and if it starts to get boring, if you keep praying for people the same way every time, and you're like, this is boring because I'm not seeing results, maybe you're not really listening to your head. Maybe you need to turn your ear towards him and say, what would you do? How shall I pray? What would you have me say? What would you have me do? Is there something 
a Smith Wigglesworth moment here. Do I need to grab the person and shake them? We walked into my, my parents' living room, and, and my mom, you know, she was sitting on the couch looking pretty frail, and I was like, I didn't say Smith Wigglesworth because she would have been like, who's that? And, and who knows where the conversation would go from there, but I was like, we've just come to shake you. She said, well, just do it. <laughs> I was like, I was just kidding, Mom. And then later on, she's like, are you going to shake me? <laughs> I had to reaffirm, we, we were just joking. We were just kidding around. But the Holy Spirit may tell you to do something that's out of the blue. I'm not saying you should just, you know, whatever the first thought that comes to mind, go do it. Don't go sticking your fingers in deaf people's ears necessarily unless, you know, you get their permission and the Holy Spirit is really strongly speaking to you to do it. Or wet your fingers. And <clears throat> Anyway, okay, so we're going to rock and roll here. You have the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit who now floods your body. Hope is an anchor that pulls your heart and your mind into the throne room. So hope is important. We need to do that little engine check light. Are our hope levels low? Am I hopeless about anything? If there's anything I'm hopeless about, then that's a problem because that shows that I'm believing a, a lie and that lie is becoming a stronghold of the devil. Okay, The devil, he's sneaky, slick, Slick Willie, he just wants to come in and, you know, just peddle his goods. And his goods are nothing but a bunch of crud, a bunch of lies. Okay, Jesus lived from the throne room. He ruled and reigned in life. Amen, he did. Jesus was perfect without sin. Please the Father, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was the perfect, spotless, unblemished Lamb of God. He ruled and reigned in life. He met with the Father constantly, saying what the Father was saying, doing what the Father was doing, co-laboring with the Father. And that's pretty much what I was going to say was burning in my heart, but Tammy's got something. So one thing that has been on my heart is um, the kids. And I would like, if you guys, if all the kids could just line up here, doesn't matter what order, but if you guys would come up, Ethan. come stand up here, Ethan too. <laughs> you can't sneak away into the kitchen, get up here. So Oscar, you too. Nora, I need your help though, Okay. Yeah, I'm going to need your help, so you're going to stay with me. So come on, squeeze together a little bit, guys. There you go. Don't be afraid. Emily and Clay, too. Come on. We're not going to get our fingers wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we won't do that to you. <laughs> so. <laughs> so one thing that's really been on my heart is um, seeing you guys step in to where God's called you who he's called you to be, not what he's called you to do necessarily, but what he's called you to be. And 
to help you guys along in that, I have purchased journals for you guys. And I thought it'd be great for you guys to have these journals for your quiet time to write. You can use it to write prayers if God's putting something on your heart. Um, sometimes you may get a picture. You can draw that. Whatever the case may be, these are for you guys. And what I'd like to do, Nora's going to hand them out because you remember who they go to. And um, I actually would like Marilyn and Dave and Sharon just to kind of go behind these guys and just pray over them. And yeah, just everyone. Any, anyone who wants to pray coming up. Um, but I just want to pray for these guys to have an encounter and that they would be able to use these to actually see, like, hey, this is something I prayed for, and this was answered, because you're going to journal. Journaling's an amazing way to keep track of what God's done. It's really cool to be able to look back and be like, oh, I prayed for this, or God told, gave me this word, and I don't, didn't know what that word meant, but now I do. It's an amazing thing. So, anyways... I'm going to pass this. Before we do anything, so just I want to make sure that Nora's going to hand them out, and then why don't we just take some time, and, and anyone else, if the rest of you guys, I know Tammy wasn't wanting to limit it just to uh, a couple people, but parents and any of you that just want to agree and pray, just let's just bless the kids. You know, really what we want to do is just, you don't have to open those now. I mean, do that later unless you've got a word to write down right away but um we just want to bless you guys we want to pray into your ability to hear his voice and to keep a journal keep a written memory of the things that god is speaking Does anyone want to pray anything specific over the kids? You know, the Lord is not just the Lord hanging over you. He is the Lord of resources. He's the Lord of knowledge. You know, sometimes things will come up in your life. Sometimes when I'm working on a vehicle... You know, there's some weird stuff that goes wrong with stuff. I mean, sometimes you're looking at it and you're going, what the heck? So then in those times, I have to back off and say, Lord, what is going wrong with this thing? And 99.9% .9 of the time, the Lord comes up with something that's going wrong with it. Electrical, mechanical. So just know that the Lord is there for you. Something goes wrong in your lives. You know, something weird, something puzzling. Just know that you can reach out to him. So I just want to pray for that resource right now for each and every one of you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you want to supply to us more than we even know. Lord, help us to know what to ask you. Lord, if we have a problem and we come to you, Lord, we know that you will solve it. 
We bind the enemy that would try to block things from us. We bind any kind of poverty, any kind of lack thinking. And right now, Lord, we say we think big because you have great plans for these guys, for each one of us, especially these guys. You have a bright and great future for each one of them. You have given each one a gift from you. Help them, Lord Jesus, to walk in that gift and to walk in the blessings that you would have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys, these kiddos. You mean a lot to this this body. You are vital members of this body. I love what Dave was saying. That is just God's super practical. Like he is not just this ethereal picture of a God floating on a cloud somewhere. Like he's so practical. He will meet your practical needs. The things that you pray for in your life, they don't have to just be I always tell my kids, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Pick one and pray for it because you need them all. (laughs) But not just that. If it's a a bicycle or figuring a problem out in school or God supplying a job, like dropping it in your lap, you know, that kind of really cool stuff. God wants to be a part of the the quote-unquote little things in our lives that we put him in the big box. Like, I'll come to you if I've got people that are, on their deathbeds or something. He wants to be in the everyday, in the literal everyday. What you say, I'll say. What you pray, I'll pray. Where you go, I'll go. Like, he wants to be that. So that revelation, I want you guys to have that personal revelation of Jesus a part of your life, not just your mom and dad's lives and on your parents' coattails, but like true heart revelation as Tammy is supplying you guys these tools that you would use them step out in faith. God, I'm going to try this. I haven't done this before, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to see if you meet me where I'm at. And he will. You cry out with a hungry heart and God will meet you every time. You know, challenge him in that. Just God, I I challenge you to show yourself to me. I cry out for you to show yourself to me because you're a good God. You're a good father. You love me more than my parents do. I expect you to show up big. So God, we just pray right now for, for just the mindsets of these young and coming warriors, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would give them your mind, God, that they would be the generation changers, that they would be leaders, God, that they would step out in expectation of you, Lord, that they would pray, God, and that things would be changed. God, that they would pray and they would see you move, Lord, in the little and the big. God, I pray that the faith of children, young adults, tweens on up, God, I just pray, Lord, that they would truly change their spheres, God. Start in their homes, start here in this body, God, as we rally around them and expect good things from the full-size Holy Spirit in them, Lord. We expect good things. We want to see worshipers and leaders, pastors, teachers, apostles, God, strong mothers and fathers in their futures, God, strong siblings right now, Lord. We just pray that your loving kindness 
would be evident through them, Lord, that the words that they speak, even when they're having fun, God, that they would be different, that they would truly be set apart, that they would be no ordinary children as Moses was, God, that they would truly be earmarked for you, Jesus, that you would shine through them brighter than anything, God, that they would just walk and talk your word, that they would be real, truly transparent, vulnerable, authentic children of God. Show them who you are, Jesus. I pray for an encounter for each and every individual, Lord, each and every individual child standing up here, young man, young woman. God, I pray that you would meet them. Open their eyes, God. Let them see through the veil of their hearts, Lord. I just pray that you would bring clarity. They would see you for who you truly are, Jesus. That they would be the leaders that they're called to be. Thank you, Jesus. To you kids, when I got my first journal, when I was uh, first saved, I didn't know what to do with it. And I'm a practical person and I, I needed somebody to teach me. And somebody told me, just sit down on, a, on the sofa, sit down on a chair and just say, pen in my hand, my journal in my hand, and just say, Jesus, what do you want me to learn today? And sometimes I would just get a word. Maybe it was just a dumb word like food. And I'd go, okay, and I'd put the date and the year, and then I'd write out the word food. And I'd say, so what does this word mean to you, God? Because to me, I saw a big platter of Greek food, but what did it mean to him? And all of a sudden he would, and I would write, made no sense to me but I would just write what I thought this I didn't hear him but I knew somehow and I just wrote it out and even sometimes when I was done it still didn't make sense but I said okay keep teaching me and I close my journal and pray over it and go do about my day and maybe two three days later bam there'd be a scripture and it was about food his food in me, his word being the food that's going to nourish me. And he kept doing that. He did that with the word healing, or he'd give me a sentence, or he'd give me a scripture, and I'd look it up. And the next thing I knew, he opened my eyes to see in the spiritual realm, like Scott was talking about today, and, and got to know him on a whole different level as I matured and trusted him with it. So don't think somehow it, it has to be something fancy, because it's not. It's just sitting down, like if you were going to write me a note, hey, Marilyn, I love your joy. Well, maybe it's the word joy that he's saying, I want you to study that, and I want you to study that, so that you can go teach somebody else the difference between joy and happiness. Because happiness is of the flesh, Joys of the Spirit. Making sense to you? Okay. So when you were asking me to pray earlier, and I, I'm, I was getting a download as you were doing that, so I kind of have a word for everybody, if that's okay. Okay. I saw you, and I just saw the, a big W on top of your head for wisdom, and you have wisdom beyond your years. Wisdom beyond your years. What he's going to do with that? Mm, that's you, him, the sofa, a pen, and your journal. 
Do you have wisdom beyond your years? You, I saw you in a ministry of feeding people. Now, not just because you're in culinary, but I, I see you with a tender heart. I see you with um, also with some leadership skills, and maybe it's a, a feeding program for homeless. I don't know, but I just saw you in a capacity where you were helping people that needed that. You, I see a big M over your head for mercy. I just see you tender-hearted. I see you so willing and wanting to, um, to to give, especially those that you understand woundedness. And as your woundedness gets healed more and more, you will be able to turn around like a nurse and be able to minister his word, his grace. And like David said, not with a teacher or preach, but sometimes it is just the hand of Gracie touching someone else and they'll be healed. You have some sweet, you are, you are kind of like the silent, I don't know, operational, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the covert, overt spy that goes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this little sweetness about you that's like, oh my goodness, who would ever think she would come in? But you're going to be able to go into places that would never allow me to come in. But you have a, a gentleness about you. But you're going to just bring a, a bomb of Iliad with you. Uh, and you have a, a merciful spirit. But you've got some good leadership skills. And combined, he's going to open doors that you're going to ask your mom and dad, seriously, am I supposed to do that? Because... Because it just doesn't look like, you know, usually it's, you know, big, bold people. But you're going to grow into that. And it's going to be amazing. I don't know if it's jail ministries. I, I don't know what it is. But, wow, fun times. You blew me away the first time you talked to me. You ask questions that are way beyond a child your age. And you have a heart to understand other people. You are compassionate beyond compassionate. You want to make sure that their needs are met, not just your needs. And so I pray a balance of that in you, Lord, a healthy balance, not a codependency, not an independency, but Lord, a, a, a dependency on you to provide. I don't know if you're going to be a teacher. I, I don't have that full picture. But man, if you got a head and a heart and a compassionate stability in you for, for others, it's, it's beautiful. This little sweetheart, she's just a worshiper. <laughs> Bam, what can we say? I watch you sometimes when you worship and I get lost. In, in the whole sphere of Holy Spirit around you, lost in a good way. I get lost out of my body and I get found in the Spirit. You will bring many to the foot of the cross just through your worship and your praise. This one, you have a gift of prayer. The anointing will fall on you and you will just reach out and touch people. And down they're going to go. You just, you got it. I just, it's like, Benny Hinn in the in a small body version. I I just see you as like a your teacher of sorts. I don't know if you will end up being like a chemistry teacher, an engineer, 
there's something about you that's very, very structured, and then there's a part of you that is so unstructured. And this, so it's like, this, there's this kid, and then there's this kid. And I, and I love it because that unstructured part, I, I just see the Lord being able to take that and use you in ways that he can't use 90% of us because we're just not going to allow that level of quantum physics to come into play. But you're wild enough to let that piece in. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this little cutie, you are quiet and observant. And I've watched you and I've watched you. And I just feel like you are going to be, you're either going to be the quiet doctor or you're going to be, I don't know, psychologist, a Christian counselor. There's just a heart in you. You are so sweet and tender and just you care about other people. And he's just going to give you a, I think he's going to give you a little sweet gift of healing where you just kind of quietly, you're so quiet, you get to move in and out of people and just minister to them. And you're, even in your quietness, you're going to have a word. He's going to hit you with words like that. And you're going to quietly say them, and then you're going to step back and you're going to be done. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this body. I'm excited for the richness we're going to get from each one of you. And I just, I, I thank you for buying the books and and getting this started. And King Jesus, we just rejoice and thank you. Awesome. <clears throat> Last thought, you guys can also use that to prayer journal too. Put down things that you feel like God is, is calling you to pray for. If it's a person to pray for or a situation, you can write that down and then you get to go back later on and read and see how God answered those things. You may, you, yeah, no right or wrong. You might get a picture that you want to, if you have the ability to sketch or draw, you could draw something, whatever. It's your book between you and, and the Holy Spirit to just explore and, and have fun. So we just bless you guys. We love you kids. You guys are all awesome. You are. All right. So now go eat the cookies. We're dismissed. Yay. That was fun. Uh-oh.